We are so excited to now have Mobility Movement as a partner. Their holistic approach to recovery is second to none. This is not just a program that helps with your flexibility and mobility. It also assists with stress release and sleep, two key factors in overall recovery. The website gives you a plan for, for each week, saves your favorites, gives you sleep protocols. The extensive library available to you is both vast and diverse. And we have a new offer with our friends at Mobility Movement that will give you a free month after your seven day trial. All you need to do is use the discount code Clydesdale Free Month, all caps, at checkout at mobilitymovement.com. That's mobilitymvmnt.com. I've been using this since the first of the year, and I am sleeping better than I have in so many years. And with all the back issues I've had over the last five years, this has given me so much relief and I'm able to work out four to five times a week without any pain at all. So go to mobilitymovement.com. That's mobilitymvmnt.com and use Clydesdale. Hey everyone, welcome to the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. My name is Scott Switzer. I'm your host. I'm the Clydesdale. We love to do fitness. And this is my new friend, Jason St. Clair, uh, owner and founder of X Endurance, and uh, also a certified Major League Baseball sports agent, as well as agent for people in the fitness industry and other sports as well. We're going to dive into uh, Jason's life, see how he got to this point, and uh, get to know him a little bit better. Yeah, Welcome, thanks Jason. for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, first things first, I see a jersey back there that says USA. Uh, so uh, I know you played baseball in your younger days. That looks like a baseball jersey for Team USA. Did you play yeah, for them? Is, yeah. yeah, and that's actually that jersey I kept because that was probably my favorite, I'd say, memory of my career uh, was that team. So that's why it's framed it up there. But yeah, um, that was really the, the start for me when I was younger when I realized that I Hey, I could actually do this for a living. Um, kind of the backstory of that was when I was 17, I was a junior in high school. I was invited to Joplin, Missouri, and they invite uh, 50 of the top prospects around the country to compete uh, to make that team. And they'll end up keeping, I think, 24 there was, or no, there was 18, I think. Um, so, yeah, for two weeks, you, you play against uh, junior college teams. Um, and I ended up making that team. Wasn't probably supposed to make that team. Uh, ended up being the starting second baseman and uh, leadoff hitter for that nice. team. Yeah, we won a silver medal um, against South Korea, 13 innings. I let off the game and ended the game. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, but one of my favorite summers uh, and favorite teams and, and teammates. Uh, it was just a great experience. But that started always, off my career, yeah. Yeah, it's always cool to represent uh, your country in an event like that. Um, so how did you get into baseball? Was it like your first love growing up? Not at all. Not even <laughs> if, if people that know me, they know that I love extreme sports. I love adrenaline. I love to go fast. Uh, I grew up around motorcycles and dirt bikes. And, uh, even when I was playing in the off season, no one, I can say this now, but I was racing dirt bikes and mountain biking. Uh, when I was nine, I was trying to be a competitive wakeboarder when it first came out, scurfing. Uh, grew up on the rivers and lakes, so no, it wasn't my my first my first love at all. My dad uh, hated like skateboarding; thought some kids were punks that skateboarded and looked at at wakeboarding the same way. So 
um, that didn't work out for me. So, you know, put me in baseball and soccer and just, I was good at it. I was naturally just good at it. So I stayed with it and loved it and, you know, made a career for me, opened a lot of doors. Yeah. Um, so you actually went on to play with the devil or not devil rays, the rays now. Hey, we're the devil rays when I signed. <laughs> yeah. I lived in That's Florida for four years. It's hard to get rid of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the Tampa rays, you, um, did you go to college before that or right out of high school? You know, I signed out of high school. I was on my way to the university of Arizona and, you know, I was mentally prepared to start as a professional, but, uh, obviously physically I wasn't. Um, but I foregoed the opportunity to go play at University of Arizona and signed out of high school. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's a crazy thing with baseball is that you have a lot of these kids signed at 18 um, and people taking a, not a chance on them. And I love how you said that you were, you were mentally ready, but not physically. How many, how many kids did you experience that were that way or flip-flop they were physically ready but not mentally well i would say let's just use the the teammates i had on team usa like they were more physical than i was but i personally believe and they were obviously mentally you know prepared too but i felt like i was more mentally prepared i was always that underdog you know uh gritty type fight fighter type player um but they had the physical attributes the strength and the power it just came naturally younger for them. Um, you know, I was 5'10", 160 coming out of high school. I lost 12 pounds my first year. So I came back just a feather, you know, and all that strain, you're playing every day. I wasn't used to playing every day. You know, in high school, you'd play like, you know, two or three games a week, maybe four games at the most. You know, in pro ball, you're playing every day. You're making 100 to 150 throws before you even play a game, you know and swings. Um, so yeah, I was mentally ready. Um, feel like that's one of the attributes that I have. That's a, a good quality of mine, but physically I wasn't ready. I had, I had two elbow surgeries and one was Tommy John. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a long comeback. Was that yeah. while you were in the minor leagues? Yeah. So I signed when I was 18, um, and just became injury prone ever since. So I had an elbow injury my second year. They said it was tennis elbow, but I had a slight tear in there. So they re repaired it, took out the bone chips, uh, the following year, played another year hurt, uh, with that injury. And then the year after that completely tore it. And since I was a position player, they're trying to do everything to eliminate surgery and not have Tommy John, but ended up having Tommy John and, uh, came back six months, you know, from that surgery, which was way too early. And that, that pretty much, yeah. ended my career. Yeah. yeah. So I played seven seasons with them. <sighs> So pitchers, it's it's almost a two full year recovery to come back from Tommy John, and you came back in six months. Yeah, six months exactly. Yeah, I just I was that you know I kind of pressured myself into it. Do you feel the pressure when you're you know you're at spring training, you want to be on the field, and you have a good day, and you're like, okay, I'm ready, but you don't think about are you really ready, you know? Um, but obviously, I wasn't ready. And so you talk about um, extreme sports and that you now can say that you were doing all this other stuff. Were there restrictions to what you could do in the off season or on your off days oh, yeah. while you, you were playing walk down the street? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, you can't, you can't play pickup basketball. You can't play, you know, your Turkey bowl, you know, Turkey trot type stuff. Like, no, you, you weren't supposed to do anything. I mean, you got to think about it. as an employer, they, they pay you 
uh, to be, you know, on the field when you come back for that season. And so, you know, it's, it's understandable. So where did, where did you grow up that you were surrounded by rivers and, and stuff? So I was, I'm originally from SoCal. Um, my parents moved me to Arizona in 89 and my father actually started running, um, it was called Arizona ski Springs. So if you've ever seen a ski park with a, you know, a tower and, um, rope pretty much pulls you around a mile park. And so we had that in Arizona. So he ran that. That's where I got introduced to, uh, it was scurfing at the time, um, became wakeboarding. So I was nine, I'd ski in their shows and be around all the professionals. Um, but we also had, my parents had a, uh, river house about 14 miles out of Blythe. So on the Colorado river and just grew up going to there. We had, we had a boat there and jet ski and um, yeah. Or we go to Canyon Lake or Sora Lake right here in the Valley. Yeah. So I did the scurfing in 1986. Yes. In, in Orlando. Um, yeah, they saw the that part there, right? Yeah. yeah. And I, yeah. uh, I had a really hard time getting off the dock. Did you? Yeah. I would face plant. Oh, and I was like <laughs> the fittest I've ever, I was there for us swimming nationals. And so on an off day, we went and I tried to do this and I had like great balance. I could not figure that out. Yeah. I, I remember as a kid, just there, there were people that just couldn't get up that dock. Um, you know, we'd try to start them off like kneeboarding and stuff like that, but skis or scurfing was difficult for people. Some people, um, I feel your pain. I remember watching that. I was like, ah, you almost got yeah. it. My one teammate, he, it, he, it came to him like he had been born to do it. You know, he made it the whole way around the lap and, and no, and didn't even fall coming in. Like it just was amazing. But, and I think that um, was my love for extreme sports. You know, I just, I feel like it's my therapy when I'm on the water, when I'm on a motorcycle, even though it's loud, it's just, that's my therapy. Yeah. I love both of those things. Um, you know, I grew up in the water. I was a swimmer growing up and, um, and motorcycles. That's, that was my mode of transportation until I was about 24. Was it? What'd yeah. you have? Uh, Kawasaki Ninja. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah that, wait, the, so that was the eighties when that was yeah. the cool thing. Yeah. Um, but that's how I got back and forth to college. Um, I lived in Pennsylvania, so it wasn't always warm, but man, it was a blast. No, and, and Arizona too. And I, you know, I followed my dad with the Harleys, um, in, in, but in Arizona in the summer, man, it's so hot. It's, it's burns your face off. It's terrible. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can imagine that wind coming through. Oh, that would not be good. Yeah, I mean, I finally smartened up and got a helmet with a mask on it. Um, but it, it was hot. It's still hot. It's like pins and needles in your face. Yeah, I've only been to Arizona once, and I think it was like 118 degrees when I was there. When year was that? I was there for work, probably 2012, 13-ish. Okay, well, it's still just as hot here. <laughs> no, it's, it's in the, only in the summers from... From October to, you know, May, uh, it's really nice here. And then the summer months can be pretty brutal. You know, you used to it. It's dry heat though. It's not that humid. Yeah. I, they kept saying that, yeah. but it, it still felt hot. It's oven hot, you know, yeah. it's not like that steam, steam room. I think the thing that blew me away the most is we, we tried to go to like a ghost town outside of, um, it was either Tempe or one, one of those. And the minute the sun goes down, you can see nothing. Yeah. Like there is no ambient light anywhere. It's it's growing out here. So there's been a lot more lights added to streets. But yeah, probably superstition area. You're probably uh, 
outside of Tempe. Yeah, that's probably what it was. Yeah. I just remember being freaked out when I couldn't even see my own hand. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it gets dark out in the desert. Yeah, so so you don't go to college, you go and you play in the pros. What was life like on the road? I, you hear all the stories of minor league baseball that it can be a really close knit family. Cause you're always like on buses and moving from here to there. What was it like for you? Yeah. I think the experience of the minor leagues, a lot of people don't understand how rough it is, not only from the pay, but let, let's just put it this way. When I, when I signed, they sent me to Princeton, West Virginia. <laughs> I guarantee most people listening to this don't even know where that's at. You know, I, when I, when I was flying in, you know, I had my CD player. Some of you guys don't even know what that is. And uh, just saw this little barn and that was the airport. And I'm like, what did I just do? <laughs> you know, uh, you lived with the host family, um, which was great, you know, because, you, you know, you connect with a lot of different people, a lot of diversity, teammates come from everywhere. So there's a lot of positives. But, man, you grind every day. You're at the field early. You're dealing with um, sometimes not great parks um, in, you know, cities that there's really nothing to do. Uh, in Princeton, I start. I personally started with a host family, um, and then they went out of town the remainder of the summer. So they put me in a hotel. So I lived in a hotel um, that got raided for certain drug issues. And uh, you're on bus hours, you know, bus rides for you know six to fourteen hours, sleeping on the floor, um, not good food, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every day uh, before the game. Maybe some top ramen if you get there early. Um, it's, it's brutal, but all you have to eat afterwards was Applebee's, you know, the McDonald's, the Burger Kings. Um, so it, it's not as luxurious as everyone thinks it is in the minor leagues. Yeah. So is that the other Princeton? West Virginia? Yeah. Princeton, yeah. New Jersey. Yeah. And then there's the other yeah. Princeton. Yep. That's the other one. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I've actually been th- near there. Um, in my trips from Pennsylvania to Florida and such, but um, yeah, West Virginia is a no whole n- another world. Yeah, altogether. definitely. And it was eye opening for me. You know, I was eighteen and I had traveled a lot, but you know, uh, it was eye opening for sure. Yeah. So you you finally have to retire from baseball because of the injuries. What is the next step for Jason? Yeah. So. I always wanted to be a firefighter. That was always my plan B. I kind of grew up around it. My uncle was a uh, captain for 33 years with Orange County and uh, just loved it. Just was that innate feeling that um, was in me that I wanted to do that. Although baseball took me down a different path, I retired in 07. So I started testing for departments there, but the economy crashed because of the recession, uh, you know, the housing market. So cities weren't hiring. And so that forced me to go back to school and uh, get a big boy job. So I went into corporate America, which I disliked a lot. <laughs> um, I didn't dislike it. You know, I know a lot of people live or live and work in corporate America, but I just it wasn't for me. I, I just felt like I had that entrepreneur spirit. I felt like I wanted to have some input to help you know grow whatever I was doing. But I worked at a bank, uh, small business specialist. I sold copiers. Man, if you can sell a copier, you can sell anything. That was probably the biggest, biggest humble pie I've ever eaten was selling copiers. Uh, that was extremely eye-opening to the real world. Uh, sold document management, but that led me to opening the door of becoming a sports agent. 
you know, I actually needed to go have that sales experience in order to become an agent uh, for the agency that hired me. And so I went to work for the agent that actually represented me. Um, and at the time it was called Gaylord Sports. Um, Phil Mickelson's agent um, was actually the founder of it. So if you ever heard of like Gaylord Hotels, mm -hmm. um, they used to have radio as well, but it was Gaylord Sports. And, but we had different divisions. We had baseball, we had volleyball, we had NASCAR, we had football. And so I worked in the baseball division and I really was mentored and groomed um, by my agent who is now, you know, my, was my boss. Um, and so, yeah, that's how I got into it. And what led me to other things was uh, I loved endorsements because I saw everything you see on a golfer is an endorsement, you know, from, from the ball or their club, what's on their bag, what they're wearing. And a lot of people didn't know that. So I had learned that trait from the golf agents being in the office. And it led me to the sport of CrossFit. You know, I, I kind of started doing it myself, loved it, and um, actually was reached out by one of my major league clients that was taking a level one seminar by Dave Lipson. And uh, he was dating Camille at the time, Camille leblanc Bazinet, And uh, he was like, hey, what do agents do for, for you? And they just started talking. Long story short, they put me in touch. And, you know, I loved CrossFit myself. And I was like, I can see a vision here. And so I wanted to have uh, the ability to give an athlete to be able to train all day and not have to work another job. And that's when social media started becoming present, you know, and in baseball, you can reference contracts for money based on peers or past contracts or how they play numbers. Right. There really wasn't that for, for CrossFit. And so we started doing it through social media was, you know, we can actually reference by growth in, you know, transactions or, or people to the site, whatever it was, it was able to give the ability of partnership and a new way of marketing. Obviously, we've seen where marketing's gone. It's traditional marketing from radio and TV's kind of, kind of gone away for those those smaller companies. But but social media man's a powerful tool. Um, but so that's how I got into uh, sports management and saw a vision of wanting to help athletes with endorsements. And then the the vision grew to uh, not just endorsements, but I wanted to create brands. I wanted athletes to be a brand, you know, and have that longevity after they're done playing. Um, you know, have something to fall back on because when I left baseball and the recession happened, I lost everything that I ever made. The recession took everything that my houses, um, the cash, I kept pouring them back into those houses thinking I was going to keep them as this one day was going to end. <laughs> uh, it was a dark place. Um, but again, that led me to wanting to help athletes. Um, and then the other thing too, is in our earlier conversation was, you know, I signed out of high school at 18. I think I had a lot to offer a family and a young kid to make that life decision, uh, whether to go to college or go play professionally, you know, now if it's life changing money and we're talking millions of dollars, that's different, you know, because for a lot of you that don't know this in baseball, 99% of the time when a young uh, high school athlete is offered a, a contract with signing bonus, they're also going to get their college paid for when they're done. Um, so it's a win-win you get money in the bank and you have your college if you want to go back. Um, so that, that, that can be an easy decision for a young athlete, you know, when yeah, I didn't, I did not know that that was factored in. Yeah. Yep. So it's huge. Yep. So I want to, I want to go back and dissect a couple of the things you said. So you said that being a copy salesman salesman led you to be a sports <laughs> agent. And I'm assuming that means from a sales point of view, right? As an agent, you have to sell your athlete and what they can bring to the table. 
So it gave you that experience. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. Um, it was really a wish for the company. You, you had to learn to work with people, but you also learned, had to learn to recruit. You had to learn to sell, right? You had to uncover the needs of what that company may need or that person. And it's all the same. You know, we're all in sales in some sort of fashion, whether you're a doctor or you're a lawyer, you're always kind of selling, you know, yourself or your brand or your yeah. company. And so I just meant it in the way of like, I needed to learn sales. Um, and that's not a bad thing. It's a great thing. Um, but I just took a different approach, you know, and I'm, and I'm fortunate for that. Uh, it taught me a lot of things. Um, even at the time I was just like depressed. <laughs> um, it was a really great experience for me. Yeah. And it, and when you move to selling a copier to selling my favorite player, Bobby Bonilla, right? Mm -hmm. You, it, that's a lot easier. And that, that is probably more down your alley and you start to see advancement in what you're doing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, for me, obviously the product, right? Knowing baseball is a product. I knew that and I knew relationships and connecting that way, but I, I could uncover things with certain questions because I had gone through it. I, I, I'd known it. And, and so just being able to talk to another baseball player, I can uncover their needs as a sales approach, right? to see what they're looking for, what they need. And it was easier for me because I played, I've been through it through the process. You also said you loved CrossFit. Did what kind of fitness did you do while in the minor leagues or was there no time for that fitness aspect to accentuate what you were doing? No, absolutely. Fitness was a, was a big thing for me. It's always been a big thing for me. It just completely active, but we had, you know, when we say personal trainers, um, I'd go to a specific baseball trainer where we did movements and exercises and lifts that were specific to the movements that we do on the field. We didn't do a lot of biceps type stuff. You know, you'd never go, you know, upside down or anything like that. Um, or you wouldn't do certain types of squats or, um, or clean and jerk or something like that because of shoulders. Um, but yeah, I went to a specific baseball trainer every off season with a group of other players, professional athletes. How did you find CrossFit? So um, how did I find CrossFit? Oh, yeah. Literally driving home from work one day, just saw a sign that said CrossFit and uh, just looked into it. It was it, the, the owner, August Schmidt here. It's East Valley CrossFit. Um, it, he just had his first location, uh, really small. And I remember we did throw the rowers outside and, and do double unders outside because there wasn't enough room. Uh, but literally, I was just driving home from work and saw the sign CrossFit and uh, went and checked it out. And what I loved about it was traditional way of lifting was going to, you know, the bodybuilding gyms and waiting for a bench or a machine. I never had to do that, you know. And so for me, it was frustrating because, like, I needed wanted to get my work in, get in and out. Um, so I wasn't used to, like, waiting around. And I loved CrossFit. It was like an hour. You smash yourself. You get beat up. Your hands are bleeding some days. <laughs> laying on the floor um and it was like it was addicting right um and then the results you got too were addicting too um so that was like a, a newfound love quickly yeah i remember the first crossfit gym i went to uh it was very narrow and we couldn't do double unders inside because it was um all turf and oh, so we okay. either brought in a piece of plywood to do double unders on or went out back uh, yeah. if the weather was okay yeah yeah totally 
So, so you find CrossFit and then a lot of our listeners probably don't know this. They know who Dave Lipson is, you know, now that he's Camille's husband. Um, He was a games athlete at one time, but most people don't know that he was in the New York Mets organization for a brief stint of his career. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I may think maybe the Dodgers. He, maybe the Dodgers. I think he played for. Uh, yeah, I know league. he played for the Mets a little bit. Was uh, it the Mets? We talked about that on the show with him. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what team. I know, but I know he he had played in the minor leagues. Yeah. So he was a baseball player. Now he's you know Thunder Bro and Jacked and now he is ginormous. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does not look like a baseball player unless it's Jose Canseco. <laughs> yeah. You'd have a tough, tough time throwing. You'd be a, a good hitter though these days. Yeah, yeah. So you you bump into Dave and you talk to him about being an agent in the in the this space. How did that How did that conversation go? Well, so my one of my clients, actually his name is Tuffy Ghostwitch. He was a catcher for the Diamondbacks at the time, and he was taking a level one seminar from Dave Lipson. Okay, because he did CrossFit in the off season. Uh, actually one of the at the time the only major league player probably at, at the time doing crossfit type workout which is kind of frowned upon right because they talked about going upside down lifts over your head just you don't do that in baseball um so he was taking that seminar and dave lipson approached him saying hey what do agents do for you you know um and he's like my girlfriend camille is getting approached by this company reebok and they sent this contract and we just don't know how to read it we don't know what to do and so they connected us and we got in a phone call and, uh, you know, I read through the contract. And from there, I saw a vision of really taking this and helping athletes become a full time. And let's make this sport a professional sport. You know, that was the vision I had. So how, how long did you stay with Gaylord before the lab thing came up? So Gaylord started in, I started in 2009 um, and I met Camille and t- 2012 um and to back up i started crossfit in 2011 met camille in 2012 and then i met josh bridges in 2013 um and that's where lab became something but it was called potential labs um i meant it as kind of play on words professional but has potential to be something so it's called potential labs and then when Cooper, you know, when I found Cooper, um, Cooper worked for me with X Endurance. Um, he was actually a teacher. Trey told the story. He was a teacher, but but loved CrossFit, super passionate about it. And he had also was selling as a sales rep X Endurance products. And he had saw, you know, what I was doing, you know, as an agent and really loved it. Um, so when he came on board, God, I think it's been three years now. Um, that's when we renamed it Lab Management. Yeah. And how, how is that structure? Are you guys partners? Is he, does he work for you? So Coop, I hired Cooper um, at the time. He was just an employee um, and let him earn sweat equity. And uh, just funny story, as of last week, he will be now officially uh, a partner. Yeah. I mean, That's he's, awesome. earned it. he's earned I, it. It took me years and years to find the right person to kind of help do the day to day. And he does a really good job. Yeah. He does with his clients and people and understanding how, how the world works. He's done a really good job. Coop's yeah, the man. We, we Don't let Coop. him hear this part though. They'll make his head even bigger. You don't <laughs> need that. 
<laughs> yeah, we love Cooper. He has such an interesting life, like from from like high school math teacher to oh, yeah. sports agent is just insane. Right? I was like, you're a teacher. I would not have listened to you at all. No, I'm kidding. We yeah. joke around a lot. Well, the funniest part of that story, and I don't even know if you know this, is he went to get his teaching certificate because there was a shortage of teachers. And he majored in like math and statistics and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The only part he couldn't pass off the get-go was the math portion. Because really? He, I, no, I did not know that. Yeah. He had to take yeah. it like three times because it was math he hadn't done in forever. Like the basic math. He was up here doing calculus and the test was back in the like fractions. Well, and this is good to know. I'm going to have to double check our books then. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he did pass no. it. He did pass it. And he said he one certificate. He does not let lapse. That's good. That's good. No, he's a smart kid. And um, yeah, he's, he's earned it and he's become a partner. And um, I could see him one day completely taking over it for sure. Yeah. He's, he's awesome. That's so cool. So when you met him, what did you see in him that made him the right fit for you? You know um, for me, you know, even at X Endurance, an employee that we would ever hire, we look for people that are self-motivated, um, people that are, are loyal, um, but people that have a passion for either what they're doing or the brand or the product or the service. And I saw all of that in Cooper um, and he never went away. Very persistent, eager to learn, which he still is. And, and you just don't find that, you know, but also too the understanding of you know, what world we're in, CrossFit or whatever sport it is, he understood that. Um, and then the understanding of people and how athletes operate, because athletes do operate a lot differently than than the civilians, you know. Um, their, their mindset's different. They need they need to be maintenance different. Um, but he understood all of that, uh, eager to learn, persistent. Um, yeah, he kind of just rode my coattails for, for a while and just kind of watched and, and listened. And he attributes you as his mentor um, a lot. In our interview with him, he he mentioned you a ton as someone who got him to where he is today. And I'm not here to blow up Cooper. The reason I wanted to do that is, and I told this to Cooper, the client base that you have at Lab are some of the best people I've ever met in this space. Mm -hmm. And so for you to pick Cooper, it tells a lot about then who your clientele are. Yeah. And it, well, first of all, I appreciate that. Um, and for Cooper for doing that too, but I think we all need mentors. Right. And I was given that gift too, by my agent who was my mentor. And he, he was the one who gave me my life, my career, where I'm at now. And I, and I always give him a shout out too. his name's Terry Bross. He played basketball at St. John's. He's six, nine, went out for the baseball team as a joke, played in the major leagues for five years, played in Japan. Um, but he, he was experienced, you know, he had lived life and, and just a great overall person. And he taught me so much about not just the business, but how to deal with people, how to work with people, never burn a bridge. Everything's a relationship. Um, but one thing that, that I learned from him was, you know, you always want to work with good people and you have that choice. And I saw him fire clients that would make him a lot of money. And that was a huge lesson for me. It was like, it wasn't worth the pain and suffering of dealing with that person because they weren't a good person. Um, and that's the ability that we have, you know, as an agent, you got to be very selective, obviously. But yes, we have such amazing clients 
um, just as people, not just athletes. They're just great people. Um, and, and we're lucky for that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been a volunteer in a CrossFit space since 2014. And then I started this podcast in 2019. And so I've had an opportunity to meet a lot of your clients Awesome. And every one of them, I would say, is like they're the best of the best. Yeah, just they as are. people. Yeah, and I you uh, you'll hear me say too, fam. I use family all the time because that's just if if we're in that camp together, that's what we are. We're family, um, and that's just how I look at it. But yeah, it's it's great working with some of our athletes. They're just such good people. Yeah. And when you're a volunteer, you get a you get a glimpse behind this the curtain that some people don't, and not every athlete acts like your athletes do. No, what kind of volunteering did you do? So I was security. I was oh, okay. a judge. Um, I did uh, athlete control. I've done a little bit of everything. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Again, we, we have some really great athletes and um, just great people, though. And like literally, I will see lifelong friendships from, from these clients as well as Cooper. Yeah. So I also want to talk about your other business, uh, X Endurance. Uh, major supplement company. You know, you talked about the nutrition you got on the road as a minor league baseball player. How much of a role did that play in wanting to find or or own or build a supplement company to help with that? Everything. Um, really, it was everything. Um, and the backstory of that was when I was a player. I want to say it was two thousand four. Uh, I came back, like I mentioned, I lost weight every year, um, and so. I need to put on weight. Well, I was given a supplement that I put on weight. Well, come to find out that wasn't a drug-free certified product. And it gave me a, a kidney infection. Like I was really sick for weeks and I got it from a reliable source, you know, some from after that, I never took any supplements. I just didn't trust it. Um, and then like muscle milk became a thing and protein shakes and stuff like that. I still didn't trust it, but my father was in the manufacturing supplements for about 20 years. And so when I retired, uh, I'd been doing endorsements and he had given me the product Extreme Endurance. And if you've ever heard of it, it's proven at the time when I saw it, it was proven to reduce lactic acid and raise aerobic threshold. I was like, this is snake oil. There's no way. This is impossible. I've taken everything. There's, there's no way. Sat on my desk for two weeks. Um, I was racing mountain bikes at the time against my dad and my, my, my brother. And you're always looking for that competitive edge, right? And I was like, what the heck? I don't get drug tested anymore. Might as well give it a try. And tried it. I was breathing easier. My legs were recovering. I was recovering immediately after the, the workout. Tested it three different times. So I was like, this has to be placebo. <laughs> uh, finally called the founder. I'm like, what is in your product? How come you're not muscle up big? How come I've never heard of you? And he laughed. And um, in fact, if you go on to a post that I made today, there's an athlete on there, an MMA fighter um, on the Joe Rogan show. And he was basically said, I can't believe I'm going to tell you my secret, but this is the company that I used. The problem was people did see an advantage when they took that product, Extreme Endurance. They didn't want to tell anyone else they're on it, even myself. I didn't want to tell my brother or my, or my dad that was on that product. So anyhow, I just saw that product helping everyone because it, it We've had many clinical studies, two are published, but it's proven to reduce lactic acid. It's proven to reduce oxidative stress was the leading uh, cause of degenerative disease today. Okay, it's also proven to reduce CK levels. You've heard of rhabdo, right? That could possibly prevent rhabdo. And so from there, I realized, you know, 
firefighting for me was a way to help people. But this is a way I can help people's lives because if you don't have any, if you don't have your health, you got nothing. You really don't. Money, fame, whatever it is, you can't take it with you. Um, you can't be here if you don't have your health. And so that was my way of like, hey, let's build, continue to build off this product line that our founder Sandy Kellen built, and um, let's fill the, the gaps with things that we need from those micronutrient perspective, and prove it to the people of these things that we need and they work. Uh, and that's really how organically I got into being an owner of X Endurance. That's just crazy. by just by passion, yeah. Oh, and the fact that it wasn't out there is because people loved what it did for them and they didn't want to share it because they wanted to beat their friends. And it's made it very difficult <laughs> because <laughs> of that to build a company. Um, we, in 2012 was our first CrossFit Games. We set up a tent, you know, uh, we were there in California. We could not give it away. I'm telling you, we could not give it away. So then after that, we made our 30-day pouch into a one-week trial. We call it a skeptic pack. And so for five bucks, you could try it for a week and you could see results. And from there, people saw results and they just came back. And actually, we don't even sell those anymore one-week packs, um, you know, because people actually see the results from that that product, Extreme Endurance. So how big is your product line now? Um, I believe we have 18 SKUs. Um you know, that ranges from everything from, you know, there's a lot of health and wellness products in that people don't realize they look at us as sports performance. But if you really took a dive, deep dive into our product line, you'd see that our daily foundation products, which is the extreme endurance multivitamin, our omegas, we have creatine, um, we have a probiotic, pre and probiotic, uh, we have collagen and greens. There are health uh, wellness products in there for your everyday that you need. Um, but then we have the performance, you know, we have the fuel five, we have obviously extreme endurance. We've got, um, focus, which could be a coffee alternative midday, pick me up or pre-workout. Um, but yeah, we have, we feel like we have every product to kind of fill the gap. Um, and we're continuing to build, we have another product launch in June of a new product, uh, a little hint, which is an aptogen product. So that's coming. And then also. Uh, at the end of this year, you'll see a new product line that has to do with health and wellness, but it's not supplements for Max Endurance, which would be pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. And so did you ever see yourself as the CEO of a, of a supplement company? No, no. And I hate titles. Anyone that knows me close, I hate it. I truly hate it because it can come and go, you know, I've had things taken from me, like, like the, what I experienced in 2007, um, with baseball and really losing everything hate titles and if you're part of our membership at x endurance it's called team x and d and that's for a reason it's because we're a team and everyone works together i'm not the end all be all if we have big decisions and we need something to be made as a decision yes i'm there to help make a decision but i want all team input there um but no never saw myself in this position at all <laughs> so um, you mentioned things that are coming out soon. Um, but I want to get into your family life a little bit because everything I've read about you, family is one of the first things that pops up in, in any, any bio of you. Yeah. And you, you have a wife, I think her name's Dre. Her name's Andrea, but I call her Dre. Okay. Yeah. Like, like Dr. Dre. She is, <laughs> she is the doctor of the house, but. And you Dr. have three Dre. girls. I have three girls and a boy. 
Three girls and a boy. Yeah. Wow, that you're still outnumbered. I thought I didn't know about the boy, but you're still outnumbered pretty pretty hard. Yeah, he's one. He just turned one. Uh, he's the best. His name's Cruz. Nice. Yeah. Don't worry, I got the girls too. Okay. The girls are over here. <laughs> nice. Yeah, he, with the girls. Yep. Yeah. He's got his own. I couldn't fit him on the. I couldn't fit him on that arm. He had to go on the other arm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, honestly, family is everything to me. I was raised and close to my family and my parents. Uh, at the end of the day, it's all we got, right? Um, but of all the things that I've accomplished, my my most proudest accomplishment is my family, for sure. Um, the three girls and, and boy, they just, you know, it's tough. It's tough uh, when you're in the middle, the thick of it, changing diapers and no sleep, but it's definitely worth it. Um, they're, yeah, they're everything. Yeah, my my daughter. I only have one kid. Um, she just became a senior in college. Wow. Time yeah. Flies, so I'm huh? I'm on the other end of it. You are um, on the other end of that. And it's 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 a little bit emotional. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. My my wife she jokes with our little ones. She's like, "You can live here forever." <laughs> I'm like, "No, <laughs> they're done when they're 18. They're out." <laughs> um, but we're seeing it how fast it's going. For sure. Uh, I told my wife the other day, our, our middle Tatum, she's, she's five, going to be six. And she's just, she's walking away the other day. I was like, man, she just looks taller, you know, and she's learning these words at school and she's, she can read now. It's like, what is happening? It's gone by so quick. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's crazy when you're a parent, cause you go through these ebbs and flows, you know, throughout the whole process. My daughter wanted to be a photographer and as a dad, you're like, well, that's awesome but how are you going to make money? Like right. that's the first reaction. Right. And then here she is. She's just becoming a senior. She already has a job with a fashion company. She's the photo editor of the college magazine. Amazing. And like, I couldn't be happier for her. And I'm so glad that like, I didn't stifle that. Like and that. proud. Yeah. Yeah. So proud of her. Yeah. And that's honestly, that's a huge thing. When you ask me about like, like baseball and stuff. Yeah. My dad maybe discouraged me a little bit from extreme sports, but he always let me do kind of what I wanted as a sport. Like, you know, I didn't love soccer. He's like, okay, we'll stop playing soccer. What do you want to do next? Play basketball. I was terrible at basketball. I could shoot, but I was terrible at dribbling. I don't know why. It's like the guitar. I can't tell my, my brain can't tell my fingers what to do. It's weird. Um, but, you know, baseball, he didn't let me play football until I was in, in high school. But he just let me do it and kind of just let me figure it out, you know. Um, it wasn't. I guess pestering me to do one thing. Well, How hard is that to, for you to do today with your kids? Easy, yeah. really easy. In fact, th this is happening right now. You know, our our kids are in between gymnastics and dance, and one of them just figured out she loves gymnastics more than dance. You know, um, and so we stopped dancing. and she's going to gymnastics. We found the other one loves gymnastics, never liked to dance, um, and so yeah. Actually, my oldest, she's eight, hated dance, um, loves loves gymnastics a little bit, but is loving soccer, like really loves soccer, you know. So I, I want the same experience for them to kind of figure it out on their own. And I think that was that's the best way, in my opinion. Yes. Parenting is tough, this, though. Parenting is tough. It is. Um, but I, I, I ask this of a lot of people who are married. So how did you and your wife meet? Oh, 
There's a there's a story. Um, so when I was when I came back from Team USA, uh, this makes me emotional. Uh, Seventeen realized I was going to be possibly a professional athlete, and so I was actually had scholarships uh, offers to play football, but decided not to play my senior year and focus on getting stronger for baseball. And so my dad's like, well, if you're not going to play, you need to get a job. And so I worked at LA Fitness. And so I worked the front desk. She worked childcare. The day that she walked in, I was like, who is that? You know, she had the older boyfriend, though, and she went to a different high school. Um, but as we got to know each other towards the end of our senior year, um, right before I signed, uh, we got together. And so we were together my whole career, seven years. And then we broke up for eight. And I even got married in between. Yep. She had moved to San Diego. Um, and I am divorced. Have no shame in anything. So any questions are not off limits, but I am divorced. You know, some people look at it as a, a very negative thing. And it just we were just weren't the right fit. Um, my heart was always with my wife now. And um, we reconnected and we've been married for six. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's like easy. it was always meant to be. You just had to go on your own journeys to get there. Yeah, and she, you know, the girls are just more mature than us boys, and they learn a lot quicker, you know. Just, I guess she had to teach me a lesson. You know, no, she was ready to really settle down at 25, and I was just really focused on my career. Um, and, you know, as men, we never, we never think it's the right time. It's like, oh, we don't have enough money, or we don't have the house yet, or we don't have, you know. That's where I was at in the mindset. And now my advice is the timing will never be right. You'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. Yeah. You know? So after you got back together and reconnected, how long did it take for you to ask her to marry you? Uh, six months. Yeah. She, you know how things met. We believe in things are meant to be for a reason and things you know, as a plan and things happen. And she at the time was a pharmaceutical rep in San Diego and it was she was a third grade teacher, mind you, before she got that job. So very difficult to get that job. And so not in a million years did we ever think she could get a transfer job to Arizona. Well, she applied for one. She got it. She moved back to Arizona. And in an instant, it was like, you know, we got to get married, you know, um, you know, because there there are some hardships on that, too. We were not together for quite a while. And we got to not read know each other, if that makes sense. Um, but. We did in a way, you know? Um, yeah. yeah my wife, and I, my wife and I broke up for a short period, not eight years, but you know, just coming back, you have to earn the trust back. Right. Yeah. You yeah. Know, and tough. Yeah. And that was, that was definitely on the forefront of my mind. It was always proving that. And it's a value, very valuable lesson too, because that, took me in my life to make sure that you prove trust in everything that you do. And that's like one thing that's endurance. We got to prove that these work, you know, we got to build that trust. Well, I want the customer to trust us or I want this relationship to trust us. That's or client needs to trust us. That's everything, everything in a relationship. Yeah. And it keeps going. Like the sponsor has to trust the client and uh, yeah. you know, all of that um, it just keeps building on each other, but well, Jason, I just, I have to tell you, this has been an enjoyable conversation. Uh, just sitting back, having a, a nice bro sesh here. 
Yeah. Um, but uh, I want to let you get back to your day. And thank you so much for jumping on with us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. You too.